Today on the show, I'm obsessed with the new TED TV series. There's an Avatar The Last Airbender live action version coming to Netflix very soon. Plus, what the hell is Pal World and why is everyone so upset about it? All that and more on 20th Century Boy, the show that thinks 2 plus 2 does equal 5. to 20th Century Boy. My name is Seth Mike Farlin, and this is the inside of my mind. Oh, welcome to the show, everyone. Radio Mike here, of course, but at the start of every show, as you know, I do a different opening name. Generally, they're Mike-themed. In the past, they were RM-themed, and, you know, like, RM-themed as in, like, radio microphone, radio waves Michelangelo, or Mike-themed, like, Mike Chemical Romance, Mike Big Fat Greek Wedding. All of these have been done, by the way, in the past, but... Um, they are really hard to come up with. And so today I did Seth Mike Farlin, which I realize opens up a whole world of these in the, in the world of, um, Mc names like McDonald's, Mike Donald's. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of those coming up in future episodes. Of course, this is 20th Century Boy, podcast about me, Radio Mike, a, a writer, producer, podcaster. I don't know. Pop culture commentator, I think is what I'm going for these days, uh, from Melbourne, Australia, just making his way through life. And uh, this is 20th Century Boy, the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else wants to talk about. What's the phrase of this show? The conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else cares about. That's it. Sorry, I just had a mental blank about the tagline for my own podcast there for a second. Um, God, I've got lots to talk about this week. Of course, it's a weekly one-sided conversation between you and me. You can't reply in real time, but you can reply in fake time uh, by sending an email or just getting in touch on any uh, any of my socials. Uh, RadioMikePod at gmail.com, at it's RadioMike on Twitter, Radio.Mike on Instagram, send me DMs, whatever you want to do, just get in touch with me, okay? That's, that's what I'd really love for you to do. This is a very nerdy podcast and I hope you uh, enjoy that shit, but... I do have a lot that I want to talk about today. Um, generally on the, the first like five to seven to eight minutes of this show, I just kind of do an intro about what I've been up to that th- this week. Um, and, and it's been a really interesting week because a few things, a few things have happened on the weekend. I had a bunch of my, a few of my old high school and primary school mates came over and we just sat on my balcony till really late till like two thirty, just chatting, talking shit. There's something there's something really valuable valuable about those kind of long friendships, like people you've known since you were like five years old, like in prep and stuff, or even like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. There's always like a few friends and like you might not see them all the time, but then you get together and there's just, there's so much shared history there that you can just sort of talk forever. Like we just ended up talking about like teachers um, and one of my mates that was there now works at the school that we all went to. So like we're bringing up teachers we used to have and he's like, oh yeah, they still teach there. He's still like exactly the same. It's really fun. So I had that, ended up staying up really late and it's completely fucked my sleep schedule for this week. So this week I've just been unable to get to sleep on time and I've been waking up feeling absolutely wrecked. And I've also started running again um, just because I'm out of shape and I want to get back into some resemblance of, of shape. Um, so I've been running. It's really hot in Melbourne. I've just been wrecked. 
Like it exhausts me. My sleep schedule's already fucked. So I've just been feeling absolutely exhausted. I'm trying to get back into like a proper rhythm. Uh, but yeah, there's been that. Okay. It's been, it's been super, super busy. The other thing I, I, I wanted to talk about up top, uh, well, there's, there's a couple of things, but like, first of all, uh, the Pat and Mike show is available on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pat and Mike. We have some big plans for Pat and Mike moving forward. So watch this space. We're making more clips from it. And um, yeah, we have some ideas for stuff we want to do for Pat and Mike. So yeah, uh, I will talk more about that in the future. But uh, Patreon, if you like this podcast, if you've listened for a long time or a short time, or you have some extra cash or you have don't have extra cash, but you're irresponsible with your money, please consider donating to the Patreon, patreon.com slash radio Mike, bunch of bonus content up there that you can binge. And there's a weekly Pat and Mike episode with me and producer Pat, one of the best producers and one of the best pop culture and comedy minds in Melbourne podcasting, in my opinion. Uh, so we love doing that show. Uh, a couple updates on last week. Last week I was I was talking about um, how I was obsessed with that Ben 10 video game, this kid's shovelware game that I got addicted to on PS5. And I said, by the time we next speak, I will have like finished the game. And I can confirm that I have now 100%ed Ben 10 power trip for the PlayStation 5, the worst game I've ever played. And I talked all about it last week. It was terrible. It just got worse, especially like when I was trying to 100% the game and just get everything in the game. It was the worst experience of my life. I will never go back. I, I regret wasting time on it. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I did really did not have an enjoyable experience with that game. I did get a, did get a, a message in about Ben 10 power trip uh, on the YouTube channel where I post clips from this pod Someone did respond saying the Ben 10 games in general have been hit or miss. The original games on PlayStation 2 and such and such are still decent even to this game, but man, do the newest ones look like cash grabs. If you weren't aware, the current games are based on the reboot series of Ben 10 that was quite literally made to sell toys more than it tell a compelling story like the originals. So it's no shock that the game is in dog water. Oh, the game is dog water. Yeah. Thanks for your comment and comment anytime, leave any thoughts and feedback. Uh, would really appreciate that. Movie club is happening once a month on this feed uh, with me and Pat watching a movie once a month. We'd love for you to join. January's movie is Now You See Me, uh, the 2013 Magic Heist movie. And the episode, the movie club episode will come out on the 31st of Jan. It's going to come out on the last day of every month. So watch Now You See Me now. And we're also going to announce the February movie to give you as much time as possible to watch it. It's going to be Her um, which is like a sci-fi movie from 2013 as well. A movie that I've always wanted to watch. Her, you've got four weeks to watch it now. Um, that'll be the 29th of February that, that one comes out. So join the movie club, watch one movie a month with us and then talk about it with us, sending your thoughts. Did get a message in from Radio Darcy Long. Thank you, Radio. He says, hey, Mike, two things. First, I watched Now You See Me. I thought the movie was really good. Can next month be Now You See Me too? No, it's her. Sorry. Secondly, where is the Fortnite update? That's right. I, I was promising that I was going to give an update on my Fortnite playing experience as a nearly 30-year-old man. Um, I've done most of that on the Pat and Mike show. So if you want to hear my Fortnite updates, go and subscribe to the Patreon. I'll, it's on the Pat and Mike show. So there's your answer, Darcy. Thank you very, very much. Okay. I realize that I have so much to be excited about 
over the next few months. First and foremost, I mean, uh, well, second and second most, I'm going to Japan in a couple months and I cannot wait to get back. I realise, like, I've been to Japan three times, but the last time I was there was by myself in 2018. That was six years ago. So, you know, it's been six years since I went to Japan. I'm really, really so excited about that, but but more on that in a sec. Um, the main thing I have to be excited about is... I'm seeing Blink-182 in like three weeks. And not only am I seeing them once, I'm actually seeing them twice because I got tickets to another one of their shows. So I'm going with uh, actually Patreon Whitey, who's a who's a, a, a an executive producer on the Patreon tier. Thank you, Patreon Whitey. We're going uh, on VIP tickets. Um, so we get early access, front row, um, a couple collectible merchandise things, and it's going to be absolutely epic. That's the first night. And then two weeks later, they come back to Melbourne and I'm going again with Claire just in general admission. And I am, I cannot believe it's finally here. Like, this is just incredible. And I'm so excited. I mean, I am, I'm just genuinely so excited. I really want them to play a bunch of the new songs live, which is, is rare. Like often, when you're seeing like a legacy band that you've liked for a long time, you're like, oh, I just want them to play the old songs. I don't really care much about the new songs, but with Blink, I kind of hope they just play majority songs from their new album. Um, I, I think they're definitely going to play um, all of like most of the singles. And then there's this song called Anthem part three, um, which I think they will definitely. And then I also think they're going to play uh, a song called Turpentine, which is probably one of like the breakout songs from the new album that is really popular. Soak your clothes with kerosene, cleanse the mind of ketamine, slide your mom on top of me. Wash yourself in turpentine! And that song's really funny because um, it's, you know, it's a Tom DeLonge-led song. And like, as you heard there, it's just like, like it's like this rolling kind of lyrics of like, yeah, Slide your mum on top of me, douse yourself in turpentine, or wash yourself with turpentine, right? And then <laughs> one of the one of the bits in it is stick your dick in Ovaltine. Stick your dick in Ovaltine. It's like stick. It's 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 actually like I really like the song. It's one of the most popular songs in the album. It's like stick your dick in Ovaltine, jack off to a magazine, wash yourself in turpentine, jump off of a trampoline. Like that's actually, those are actually the words. And they've got to be some of like the funniest, cringiest kind of pop punk lyrics of all time. But for whatever reason, to me personally, Tom DeLonge singing anything is awesome. So I just love it so much. Um, And, and, and I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do a video on YouTube this week talking about sort of three or four months on from the new Blink album coming out. And and if you're not into Blink, apologies. This podcast is going to be very Blink orientated next month. I'm seeing them twice, right? I'm going to talk about them. But just what the songs have meant to me and what I've sort of gleaned from them. One song I really want them to play live is this great song that's a Mark Hoppus-led song called Bad News, which I actually think is probably one of the best songs Mark has written. It's basically about a breakup after a long relationship. And it starts like with this, it starts like with this acoustic guitar kind of intro. I'm giving you bad, bad news. I think I might've fallen out of love with you. And then like the chorus of the song is that, except loud and big. I'm giving you bad, bad news. It's it's an epic song. I really want them to play the play it live, and I'm actually commenting on all Tom, Mark, and Travis's posts, being like, "Please play Bad News Live. Please play Bad News Live." Um, and then 
I think the whole album, though, has spoken to me so much, particularly the song One More Time, which is sort of a song about the band itself and about, you know, having falling outs with people who are really close to you and friends that are really close to you and then not really speaking or seeing them for a while, but then kind of, I guess, realising in time or, like, healing over time being like, well, actually, like, I do miss my friends and I do miss these people and I do want sort of to be like, and that's what happened with Blink, right? They all came back together after fighting and arguing and having all these issues as a, as a band. And now they're back together and like, it's just a beautiful song. I miss you Took time, but I admit it It still hurts even after all these years I, I love like a lot of the lyrics in that song. Like I feel like it can apply to anyone, any relationship, any friendship breakdown or anything like that, where it's like, yeah, I miss you. It took time, but I admit it. And then there's also the lyric at the start of the song where Tom goes about the band, basically strangers from strangers into brothers from brothers into strangers. Once again, and it's just like, I don't know. I actually think it's such a powerful song and I, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about Blink-182. I, I genuinely cannot wait to see them live. Um, but enough about that. Enough about that, okay? Uh, I, 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 I got to talk about this new TV show that I binged and absolutely loved um, and did not expect to love it, okay? I, I actually thought I was going to pretty not like this show, but I was so pleasantly surprised by it. Um, it's Ted the Seth MacFarlane show based on the movies Ted and Ted 2 about the talking teddy bear voiced by Seth MacFarlane. And this is like a prequel to the movies set in the 90s um, where basically in the movies it's Mark Wahlberg as the human and Seth MacFarlane is the teddy bear that came to life. Kind of like, I guess, Toy Story style, but in Toy Story they're secret about the toys being alive. But in this, like... Ted is a toy that came to life and like is known in the world and he's like sort of like a celebrity, but it's kind of died down. Like no one cares anymore. And you know, it's Ted and this guy at high school base. It's, it's, it's essentially a nineties sitcom made in the 2020s and it's so nostalgic and it's similar. Like obviously Seth MacFarlane, most well known for family guy and of course, American dad and, you know, he's done a bunch of stuff like the Orville, which is his his Star Trek parody series, because I think he's obsessed with Star Trek and science fiction more generally. Seth MacFarlane's also like a big band crooner singer. Like he's done a bunch of albums uh, as a crooner. Like he's he's really talented. And I think sometimes Family Guy gets a bit of a bad rap for just being a dumb show. And I know it's been criticized a lot on uh, like South Park criticized Family Guy a lot. The Simpsons often takes friendly jabs at Family Guy for just being a dumb version of The Simpsons or a copy of The Simpsons. But I got to say, like, I actually think Seth MacFarlane is really underrated. I mean, as a kid, I genuinely think Family Guy was some of the funniest stuff I had ever seen. And I never got super into American Dad, but I think American Dad was pretty similar to Family Guy. It was just a little bit more like it, it leaned into a little bit more political comedy with the, especially with you know American Dad, he was a CIA agent, American CIA agent and his daughter was like a green hippie kind of girl and the clashing between that. And then I think Family Guy in general 
was more strong in its like sketch style comedy in the cutaways it used to do than like the writing itself. Whereas like say the Simpsons was more like a show that had stories and heart and comedy in the writing. Whereas I feel like Family Guy was really good at just doing funny, wacky sketch style comedy in those cutaways. And I think that was what was really good about it. So Seth MacFarlane always cops like a bad rap, but I actually think he's, he's really good. Um, and Ted to me is, is very reminiscent of Family Guy because another thing about Seth MacFarlane's shows that I think were always really just unique is that there were fantastical sort of elements, but they weren't considered really as such by the world. And what I mean by that is like, for example, like the Simpsons is like a show that is grounded in reality and the rules of our world more or less. Right. You've got like the Treehouse of horror episodes that bend that a bit. And some episodes bend that a bit, but family guy kind of is that, but then you've also got Brian who's a talking dog and like, but, but no one like questions that or thinks it's weird. Like everyone just sort of treats it as normal. And like, same as like in American dad, like, there's the alien that lives in their in their attic, Roger, who's a great character. And then there's the goldfish who can talk, who's like a former Norwegian skier or something whose brain got transplanted into a god. Like, so there's fantastical elements, but no one really thinks they're weird in the world. And it's like that in Ted, this new show. And it's 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 really refreshing, I think, as a sitcom, because it's not afraid to go against the grain of what is like popular in comedy right now, in my opinion. And I think particularly that dynamic that I mentioned in American dad of the father and daughter in Ted, there's like this father who's the quite conservative nineties father. Who's very much like, well, I go to work all day, so I should be able to come home and have a meal cooked for me. And it's very like that traditional household of like the working, working father, housewife kind of mother. And then, and then, their niece is, is staying with them and she's very like woke, lefty, greeny, and there's a lot of clashing over that. But it's like it's not presented in a way in which one of the characters is right and one of the characters is wrong. Like it's not like you're never laughing at the dad for being conservative or the do- or the niece for being woke. You're just like it's just like an interesting clash of characters and I actually think it's really refreshing because often – in pretty much all media, particularly in Australian media, like it's very clear that like the joke is on the old white conservative guy, right? That, that to me, it's like, it's actually, to me, it's almost lazy now how how obvious a lot of these, these jokes can be. Whereas this one, it's not presented in that way. It's just presented as an equilibrium and you kind of make your own mind up and both the characters are stupidly funny because of their opinions, right? That dynamic is great, but then you just have Seth MacFarlane as Ted and the kid who's playing the Mark Wahlberg character, right? Ted is just such a funny character. He's just such, like, he kind of, I mean, he just sounds like Peter Griffin pretty much and he just, some of the stuff they talk about and it's very Family Guy-esque humour. Like, one of the scenes, for example, I might try and put some audio in here, but, like, they're talking about the song the monster mash and like there's this discourse around how the monster mash song that we know is a tribute 
to the song that the monsters in the song are dancing to. So then they write the monster mash. It's hard to get your head around, but it's it's really funny. The song The Monster Mash is a song about a dance called The Monster Mash, which is based on a song called The Monster Mash, which is not the song The Monster Mash. And just, yeah. Some of, there's also a lot of just, yeah, 90s pop culture references and, and it's, you know, there's no mobile phones. There's, it's very refreshing. Like it feels like a show that would have been on when I was growing up, like Malcolm in the Middle or something like that. It's like this dysfunctional American family that fights all the time and then there's just a talking living teddy bear who's really, really funny and <laughs> like it's it's really politically incorrect. It's really it really pushes the lines of of that. But again, and I don't really watch heap like I don't really watch Family Guy anymore, but occasionally I'll just like catch an episode because it downloads onto my Plex server on its own. So I'll just like put on an episode of, of Family Guy. And I do feel like Seth MacFarlane in particular has never been afraid to do offensive comedy. And he's not he's definitely not super woke and like sanitized and like doing what he thinks is popular now. Granted, I don't think he even writes on the show anymore, but I think that the ethos of that show is grounded in, is not grounded in like what I feel a lot of sitcoms and television shows are now, which is just deliberately trying to pander to specific kinds of values. Whereas I feel like Seth MacFarlane's similar ish to South Park where they're just kind of observing from a distance, everyone and every perspective and just going, this is what's wrong with this side. And this is what's wrong with this side. And they're not necessarily trying to force a perspective down your throat. They're just like saying, this is what it is. Now you decide like, cause we think, Both of this, all of this is stupid on this political spectrum, right? And I think this show is so refreshing because of that. But also it's just, it is genuinely just very laugh out loud funny. Like I actually think it is very, very funny to watch. And I enjoyed, there's only seven episodes. I kind of hope they make another season of it because I just liked it that much. But yeah, just, just the writing, the performances, Seth MacFarlane, the voice acting, the animation is also really good. Like it really feels like um, Ted is there in the world. It doesn't ever feel like poor animation or anything like that. So really enjoyed that. The other thing is like, I realized like the Seth MacFarlane has a, has a real style, like the way things look and sound with him and the writing with him always feels really similar because like even the incidental transitional music in Ted sounds really similar to Family Guy. And what I mean is like, I feel like we don't notice these as much, but you you never stop and think about these much. But all these 90s sitcoms in particular all have this like incidental music that you hear, but it kind of just like blurs into the show. Like Family Guy has like these kind of ones. It's kind of like when a scene changes or something kind of, like it's a transitional scene kind of music. So I tried to track some of them down just cause I wanted to hear them. Simpsons has a lot like this. And it's like a short jingly kind of uh, amalgamation of the main theme. Like you can obviously hear the main Simpsons theme and then 
Seinfeld, of course, has these ones. And then uh, uh, Friends also, it's a very 90s thing. And sometimes when you hear them, it's a bit cheesy. Like Friends all sound like this weird pop rocky kind of thing. You know, and then a character walks in. I just thought it was interesting to track track a bunch of those down because like we you don't really pay attention to them, but they're definitely there and they definitely like set the identity of a TV show. I also wanted to talk about this new video game that is causing such a stir in the gaming world. Even if you don't like games, I think you'll find this relatively funny, right? There is a new game called Pal World and they have pretty much just copied Pokemon, not even conceptually, they have just like, uh, they've just copied it completely. And everyone's playing this game, right? Pal World, it's basically Pokemon with guns. So I think, I, I haven't played it, full disclosure. I haven't yet played this game because it was like $40 on Steam. And also I don't have a PC. I've only got a Mac, so I can't play it. But it's, you walk around, you kill Pokemon. I think you can catch them, but I'm not 100% sure about that. And, but what's really turning heads, and there's some ethical concerns here, there's some there's some serious problems with this, is all of the designs of like the, the monsters, who I think are just called pals, are carbon copies of Pokemon, right? And I think for a while there was a bit of discourse on like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's a coincidence or they're just influenced by it, but it's not, it's not even like, it's, it's, it's very clear that they've actually just stolen designs. And most people have concluded that it's essentially, they've basically fed Pokemon into an AI generator and just got it to whip out because some of the designs are uncannily similar, like exact same body proportions, same eyes, like basically copied and pasted various parts of the Pokemon and made the PAL world. And and it's and it's opened up a lot of questions about, you know, AI and gaming, which I thought would be really interesting. So I might try and drop in the description to this podcast a link to some of the comparisons of Pokemon versus PALs, because I'm not going to sit here and describe them. Um, in the podcast artwork, which Pat makes each week, um, there is one of the Pokemon Lucario, one of the very famous Pokemon who is also in Super Smash Bros. And then one of the pals who literally to me is just is Lucario. Like they've just copied and pasted. There is no denying it. And here's the interesting thing, because obviously like Pokemon is so successful. It is a money-making machine. It's one of the most, I think it still is the the highest, highest grossing, you know, media franchise of all time. Um, next to Hello Kitty. But the thing about it is like, th- there's been so many, I guess, copycats over time that have tried to compete with Pokemon just to get a slice of the pie. I think the biggest one at the time when I was a kid was obviously Digimon, which was a similar similar-ish concept where all of these kids go and go to the Digimon world and they all have Digimon partners who can digivolve, evolve into bigger forms. And then, you know, they, that, you know, you get it, you get it. Right. And, and I think both of them had Mon in their name. So the, the comparison was drawn even more so through that, but 
I always thought personally that Digimon went in like a very different direction to Pokemon. As if I if I do say so myself, like I always thought the show was very different conceptually. It was just that they were, you know, they were both monster oriented, like kids collecting monsters kind of vibes, right? And then of course you've got like your and all your your monster. Kind, there was one called um. There was one called Monster Rancher, which never got that big. And then recently uh, there was this game series called Yokai Watch, which was like very similar in concept to Pokemon, but it, and it, and it got really big for a bit, but then sort of dropped off. And at one point it was selling higher than Pokemon. So I think they got really worried about it. But even in all of these games, there was never such blatant, even if there was like, say, a Pokemon and a Digimon that were based on the same thing, like the same kind of concept, like a lizard or like a turtle. They wouldn't, they would look so different, even though they're based on the same concept. Whereas this Pal World stuff, they look so similar. And yeah, it has caused a lot of ethical concerns because people are saying like, okay, well, people are buying and playing this game and it's a good game for what it's worth. Like people think, as a game, it has merit. But then what are the ethical considerations of this when the development team has clearly just AI'd Pokemon and copied it and just ripped off Pokemon, right? 100%. What does that mean for games moving forward? Because what is, one, like Nintendo who own Pokemon, what are they going to think when they realize, okay, we can just do like half as much work by just AI creating stuff or like other people can just rip our stuff off and make heaps of money and make a really good game. Let's do less work potentially, right? Or all these other developers are going to start being like, okay, we can just rip off. We can just rip off other games, not in a way that it's like influenced because obviously everything is influenced by something else, but we can just rip off games, right? steal the art, steal the gameplay, steal the world, steal like all the concepts and just make it slightly different and sell it and make heaps of money. And so I think when it comes to this Power World thing, it's, it is like an ethical dilemma whether you buy it and play it or not, because like, I mean, and I don't like, honestly, to me, it, it makes no difference because like the the Pokemon company is so rich anyway, it really doesn't matter if you buy Power World or not. And and the, and people have actually started modding Pokemon, actual Pokemon into the game. So you can walk around shooting Pokemon, which I guarantee Nintendo will not like. But I do think it is an interesting it is an interesting kind of case study on what is okay and what is original and what is not. Because I guess the game is original, but like they've stolen so much and is that okay? And I guess it's like, like it's a, I'd ne- I would never be one of those people who tells someone, if you buy this game, you are X, Y, Z, or if you do this, you are X, Y, Z. It's like, it's your choice to make. I do think it's just worth thinking about because yeah, if everyone starts doing this, like creativity to me just starts becoming really sanitized and, I think using AI to do design work and create characters like is definitely the easiest way to go and the cheapest way to go. But is it ethical? Is it fair? Is it even creative? I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to try somehow this week, I'm going to try and play Pal World and give sort of more of an informed view of it. But yeah, I think this is it's a it's really interesting. It is a it is a really interesting time. 
two more things I wanted to to dive into. The first one is um, they're making a live action TV show of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I'm really keen to hear people's thoughts on this. A lot of people saying it looks way better than the M Night Shyamalan um, movie, which if you don't know, well, well, let's take it back to the start. Avatar: The Last Airbender, of course, classic kids Nickelodeon show uh, of like my generation. Absolutely loved it. Where like it's about Avatar Ang, who is an Airbender who can master the four elements and save the world from the Fire Nation. I know it sounds sick. Um, I was actually really late to watching Avatar. I remember it being on as a kid, but I never like, and I would watch episodes, but I never watched the full thing. Cause the thing is it was one of those rare kid shows that had like a story narrative, like arcs, narrative, character development, where it wasn't just like, here's episode one, now episode two. And it's just like, nothing is linked or anything like that. Right. Avatar The Last Airbender was so deep. And I think that's why it resonated with so many people. And I think I only watched it in full when I was 18, but I, I actually think it is genuinely like one of the best TV shows ever. Like not even kids shows. It is a really good show. And M. Night Shyamalan, classic director, who has actually directed a bunch of really good movies. Um, I, I really like, I talked last year about Unbreakable and the Unbreakable trilogy, Unbreakable, Split and Glass, which I think are really good. Sixth Sense uh, is a classic M. Night movie. He's also had a bunch of stinkers, um, which are really bad. He had one called The Happening, which was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And then his recent one, Old, was also really bad, but he had another one called Knock at the Cab, Knock at the Cabin, I think, it- yeah, Knock at the Cabin, which Rupert Grint was actually in. And that was, that was better. That was better. But he did a live action Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know what year that would have been. It might've been like 2012, 2013, could be wrong. And it it is like commonly regarded as one of the worst movies ever made. And I would agree with that. I, I would genuinely agree with it being one of the worst movies ever made because it is. It, it's... It, it, it just was so bad and it like missed so much of like the actual sh- what made the actual show great. And also the thing that annoyed me most about it, which might be petty, is like the character, the main character, Ang, who is always called Ang in the show, for whatever reason in the movie, everyone calls him Ang which I, I don't understand the creative decision making behind that. Like, why would you do that? I think, you know, they were really disappointed with that result. And now Netflix is making a series rather than a movie in like, I guess a trend of making, a, rebooting a lot of kids, old kids stuff into um, TV series now. Of course, the Harry Potter one's coming. They've just done a Percy Jackson series, all this kind of stuff. They're turning into series. They did His Dark Materials, you know, The Golden Compass. They've done a bunch of them. And, you know, they 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 tend to work pretty well, generally. I The trailer for Avatar The Last Airbender came out. And do I think it looks good? Like, I think it looks better than the M. Night Shyamalan thing. But here's my general issue with turning animated kid stuff into live action, right? And I don't even quite know the exact words for this phenomenon, but I think there's like 
when you're watching an animated kids kind of thing, say it's Avatar The Last Airbender, you can get around it. Even if it's like a bit goofy, you kind of have this thing in your mind of like, well, this is just like a kid's show. Like I can look past the goofiness and the absurdity of it because it's a cartoon and it's general audience is kids. So, you know, cool. And of course, like they ended up doing a sequel called The Legend of Korra, um, which was uh, a little bit more teen to adult oriented. But but anyway, what happens when you take that absurd cartoony uh, content and turn it into live action? I just think something always just gets lost, especially if you're trying to kind of one-to-one remake the vibe of it and hear me out on this because and I think what M. Night Shyamalan tried to do was not emulate the cartoony animated vibe and make it really gritty and serious but what happened was you lost a lot of the charm of the actual original show then I look at something like Dragon Ball Evolution very similar case study, right? Dragon Ball Evolution was the live action movie of Dragon Ball Z. Um, and it was. it is also considered one of the worst movies ever made. And I got to say, that one is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Everything about it absolutely sucks. And with that, I think they tried to keep in a bit of the charm of it. Uh, no, a bit of like the the... I don't I don't even know like the absurdity of the dialogue in the anime which was already translated from Japanese to English, right? Then they really americanized it and it just didn't work. It just did not work and it was terrible and I think once it goes to live action, it's very hard for the viewer to suspend their disbelief. And suddenly you are seeing the absurdity of what you're watching and you're going, "Oh, this is actually dumb." Right? And I don't mean that Avatar The Last Airbender or Dragon Ball Z are dumb, but I think when you turn them from cartoons into live, that's when you see that they act that's when you see that they're actually kind of dumb, but that but you're willing to accept that in an animated sequence, right? When it's live and everyone's doing all this shit that they're doing in the cartoon but they're doing it in live action with special effects. It just, to me, it just never translates super well. And if anyone has any other examples of this, I'd be really keen to talk more about it, but I, I'm skeptical of this avatar show. I want it to work and I'm definitely going to watch it, but I just from, even from watching the trailer, I, I just wasn't sure. The other thing that I think might, be a factor is that like, particularly with Avatar, a lot of the characters in the cartoon are kids, like they're young kids. But generally speaking, and while I say this, I am aware that Aang, the character, was voiced by a and a by a by a kid about that age, right? But I'm pretty sure most of the other kid actors were voiced by adults who are like performers, right? They're actors and performers. Whereas then when you go to cast a live action version and you cast actual kids, it's just a little bit more cringy to me at least, but I'm keen to see how this goes. Let me know what you think. Um, and if you'll be watching it, final thing for today's app, uh, final deep dive kind of thing, which is more, yeah, which, yeah, I'll just get into it. 
a lot of YouTubers are leaving the platform, um, which I think is really interesting to see. A lot of big, big YouTubers, massive YouTubers, some of the biggest on the platform are saying, hey, I'm done with YouTube. I'm not doing it anymore. I've had enough. Now, the main one for me, and I know there's a lot, but the main one for me that actually kind of hit me pretty hard was Matt Pat, the game theorist um, who originally just did a channel called Game Theory, which has millions and millions of subs. It's one of the biggest channels on YouTube where he just did like really in-depth videos about games and like game theories and stuff. Really interesting. He then did a spin-off into film theory, same thing, but with movies and TV. And I'm pretty sure now there's also food theory and maybe fashion theory or style theory, but I've never watched either of those two. But Matt Pat, whose name is Matthew Patrick, I think, he is the voice and face of all of those channels and started them and they've grown into like multi-million dollar businesses and everything like that. And he did a video sort of a few weeks ago, and I wasn't going to talk about this at first, but it's happening more and more, alongside several other big YouTubers, and this is all by coincidence. I don't, they, they're not affiliated, but they were all just like, Hey, I'm finishing up on YouTube. I'm burnt out. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do different stuff. That's what Matt Pat said, right? His channels are continuing, but there's just going to be other people as the face of the brands. And he's going to be like an executive director of the company, but he's not going to be making content anymore. And I guess I just thought it was interesting for a few reasons, because even yesterday, another YouTuber that I really like just announced that he's not doing his channel anymore. He's just like, no, I'm not doing it. And here are my thoughts on this broadly. And I I wanted to talk about this as someone who creates content, consumes content, and someone who doesn't, who regularly struggles with feeling like um, I'm not there yet, right? Because you know, I, I post clips from this pod on YouTube and, you know, it grows every day and it's awesome and I want to keep growing it and it's great. But a lot of these guys are saying, you know, we're burnt out. This grind is too much and we want to do other stuff. And I think we're in this really interesting prism or paradigm of what content is now, because I think we have, we've just gotten to this point where because of the 24 hour news cycle and how anyone can create basically content now kind of has to be news oriented about what's happening right now. And you have to be the first one talking about it. Right. And that, that's why like for me, like when I do a review, when I'm the first person in the world to review Blink-182's album, that video gets a lot of views because every people who are searching for that find it. It's not necessarily even about just doing it for the love of it because the algorithm supports timeliness and finding stuff that people are talking about now and trending stuff, right? Same with TikTok, same with everything. So you kind of, as a creator, put in this position where you're like, I have to talk about this thing, even though I not don't even necessarily want to talk about it maybe. And I don't know enough about it. I kind of have to talk about it to get views and to grow. And I think it is a problem. And a lot of the, one of the other YouTubers um, that I was saying, he he was just saying, I just get tired because I have to do just news stuff and give my thoughts on the news when I want to be making like long form stuff that takes months to edit, but it's not worth me doing that because it doesn't get 
the views and result that it needs to get, which I totally agree with, right? Because we're now in a system where we, where the algorithm, right? Let's, you know, the algorithm doesn't reward hard work. It just rewards timeliness and trendingness. It doesn't reward time spent. So you could, you know, I feel like back in the day, you know, and I wasn't a content creator 20 years ago, but I feel like back in the day it was like, okay, I'm going to spend three weeks writing and researching this thing and making a big documentary style video about it and put heaps of money and time into it. And then I'll put it up and that will be rewarded. Like my effort will be rewarded. Now it's just like slap something together, piece to camera, slap it on TikTok, gets a million views. Cool. Awesome. Right. We're so far away from effort and hard work being rewarded. And now it's just like, trendingness being rewarded. And, and I'm really cynical about it as a creator. And I feel like, you know, this pod has changed in structure, um, particularly because I'm, I'm focusing a lot on YouTube now. And I hope people are cool with that. If you're not, I get it. Um, and that's why like, even like the Pat and Mike show on Patreon is like an avenue for me to be a little bit more zany and creative and have other ideas, right? Rather than just sort of news-based stuff, which is what I want this pod to be at the moment, to be honest. And it's it's my pod, so I do what I want. Um, but you see a lot of, uh, I, I've always talked about this, like so many creators on TikTok, they just have like one shtick, one thing that they're known for, and they just have to keep doing that. They just have to keep doing this one thing and you just like look at them like, what is your actual product? Is it just you? Because there's there's a great episode of The Simpsons, you've probably seen it, where Bart gets famous overnight for saying, I didn't do it, right? He becomes the I didn't do it guy. And that's all people want to hear from him. So he just keeps going, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, right? And everyone loves it. And then one day everyone's like, oh yeah, that's that's not funny anymore. And he doesn't have anything else that anyone wants from him, Right. Say the line, Bart. I didn't do it. Yeah! And I think a lot of creators now are kind of stuck in this position where they are the I didn't do it kid. They are, and, and there's that classic line from that episode where the whole class is looking at Bart and they go, say the line, Bart. And he just disgruntled, disgruntedly goes, I didn't do it. And the whole class cheers. They just go crazy, right? I feel like... TikTok is for I didn't do it kids. People who get stuck doing this same thing, this one joke, and it's like, you're not, like, you're not super. Yeah, okay, I get that lots of people like it when you say this line, but like, I don't know, I've seen the Simpsons episode, Bart gets famous enough times to know that that's not enough, for me at least. And if it is enough, then it's not a game I even want to play, right? Because what I've always wanted from this pod and from my content more generally, and I have different branches of my content now, like it's expanded a lot. I've got Harry Potter and the boys. I've got Pat and Mike. I've got 20th century boy, right? I've got stuff I just do on YouTube. And what I've found is it's like, what I've always wanted is like the conversations you wish you were having. This pod will always be just like me talking about stuff that I want to talk about. And if that means no one listens, I don't care. If that means some people listen, great. If that means heaps of people listen, great, right? I have moved, tried to move away and it sometimes still gets me from my validation being based on numbers and downloads. I don't even, 
I don't even check the downloads or the listens of this podcast anymore. I look at the views on YouTube only because that actually pays money, right? Again, all these people with all these followers on TikTok, all these views on TikToks, you don't you don't make a cent out of any of that content unless you're getting sponsored, right? But you don't make money on TikTok. So like all these people going, look how many followers I have. Okay, cool. How do you pay your electricity bill? How do you pay your rent? How do you buy dinner? Right? Just keep that in mind. And then I think finally is, and so even though like everything in this business is saying just do a niche and find one thing to talk about, right? Even like, here's another example, just quickly before we finish. And I don't even know if this is interesting to people, but again, it's interesting to me. Like I've got, I I, I followed this guy on YouTube for years, at least 10 years. His name's Cynical and he his whole channel is about the video game series Kingdom Hearts. And he just, every, every you know, three days a week, he's got a new 10 minute video about Kingdom Hearts. And like, then in like 2020, he just stopped posting and he came back recently and he just said, hey, sorry, I just couldn't talk about that game anymore. Like I want to talk about other stuff, but if I put work and effort into talking about other stuff, no one watches it. It doesn't get pushed out. I don't get any views. So then I get disheartened, but I don't just want to talk about Kingdom Hearts. I want to talk about other stuff. And I replied to his his tweet about it and I just said, hey, like, I'll watch whatever you do because I really like you as an individual. And yeah, I like the game franchise Kingdom Hearts, so I was watching your videos, but now I just like you. And I think I think it is important to foster like your own brand as much like and I think it is this it and I think I couldn't handle it if I was just talking about the same thing every week. And and I my niche, I guess, is loosely pop culture and nerdy stuff, I guess, but I don't want to play that game of have a niche and talk about the same thing every day because I just think it would be disheartening and it's not, it's not what I want and it's not why I'm doing this. So yeah, I don't know if that's interesting to you. Those are just my loose thoughts. My, my, the, the clips from this pot are growing on YouTube, like so much higher than they used to be. And it's, it's cool. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Hope you'll come along for the ride. Let's wrap with this. The plug. It is the plug. I, I just want to plug a couple things. Of course, Movie Club, watch Now You See Me, watch her. We will be doing that. Pat and Mike on Patreon. I've talked about that enough, but definitely go and subscribe. Um, I was on the Sharehouse pod with Mikey D and Joel Harris. Great pod. Go and listen to it. Um, friends of the show and like friends of me. So yeah, go and listen to that podcast. It's a lot of fun. I think that's basically it. You know, go and follow all the socials and stuff. Go watch the YouTube, the TikTok, whatever, wherever you want to consume, I will be there. Okay. I'm even on threads. I'm posting clips to threads. So go and watch me on threads, guys. Seriously. My name's in Radio Mike. This has been the inside of my mind. I'll catch you next week. Love you long time. I'm <laughs> sorry.